Hey, what's going on? I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, and you are listening to Mighty Marvel Geeks. USB microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. It's <laughs> a plan. It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am group. That I don't know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what you need. Shoot up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. Level 7 access. Welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It's Eric and Mike, and we're being joined from the Jock and Nerd podcast, Imran, from Disney, uh, Diz Dads, Aaron, and from DW60 on Sorcerer Radio, Jeff, how you guys doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me. I'm good. Excited to talk about a guy with his head on fire. <laughs> it's always fun. <laughs> and we're not talking about Michael Jackson. Right. It's not a Pepsi commercial this time. <laughs> and so, if you couldn't tell by the music in the background uh, for this brief intro... We're going to be talking a little Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, recapping the first six episodes of Season 4. So let's go with the obvious question. First six episodes, how do you guys feel about it? So far, so good. Eh. Opinions galore. You know, I'm enjoying it so far. I I like that they're giving the season some structure. You know, uh, uh, there have been times in the past where the first few episodes of an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season have felt like they're just trying to stall until the Marvel movie of the year comes out and then they'll get to their story. I I feel a little bit more like there's a story for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. itself developing here. I got to agree with Aaron. I'm digging it so far. uh, You know, after last season, uh, it uh, and the fact that they got pushed back again, another time slot, I was hoping that they would be just like, you know what? We're just going to go crazy. Like, this might be the last season. We're going to go nuts. And look, we got to see Ghost Rider on, on television, and it looked pretty good. So they're giving us that. And like you said, Aaron, like the problem with the show is it lacks focus. It's like never about a thing. And they, they continue to keep trying to find their thing. This desperate, like, last ditch, last season may be where they finally get to their thing. 
thing that they focus on. Emron must be lis- listening to the show because we've talked about how moving to the 10 o'clock time slot is almost the slot of death. It is. Yeah, this could be the final show, the final season. And it's the second time it's been moved. Like, that's not a good sign. Like, you got to imagine the creative team went in going, look, I think this is going to be it. Let's have some fun because uh, it's that's it. Well, now, I- I'm not convinced it's inherently negative. I-, I just think it might be a little bit of a misread in terms of, of trying to improve its ratings because it feels to me like a reaction to the fact that the the audience for the Netflix shows has been so positive yeah. and the biggest difference between the Netflix shows, at least the surface difference between the Netflix shows and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is that they get to be a little more adult, a little more violent, a little more over the top. Um, and and it, I, I guess it feels to me a little bit like trying to capitalize on that, on, on getting to be a little more edgy. I'm just not sure that either a, they're doing it. They're really taking advantage of it. I mean, they, they tried to sort of be obvious about the fact they'd moved to 10 o'clock in the first episode of the season. Yes, they did. That was They should start every episode like that as far as but, I'm but, but they haven't come back to it, right? I mean, no, I, they the rest of it hasn't yeah. looked any different. You're right. There's like all the, there's a lot of blood. You're seeing like lots of blood early on. But you're right. It, I kind of forgot about this darker tone that I was expecting. Instead of pushing it, it just kind of faded away. Okay. Uh, Jeff, Eric, y'all thoughts? <laughs> Eric, go right ahead, man. Go do your thing. Do your thing. Yeah, um, I'm liking it. I I, I got to echo the uh, the uh, the thoughts already so far about it. Seems to have its own plot. I mean, its own structure. It's not hinging on some other movie like you know. Oh, oh we got to we we got to set up for Winter Soldier or we got to set up for Age of Ultron. No, it's not. Now, what it does seem to me is that it is. Trying trying to feed interest in Doctor Strange mm-hmm. is trying to supplement Doctor Strange because you've got the dark hold which in the comics was this incredibly powerful black magic spellbook yep uh, you've got uh, the the ghostwriter period which is more uh, which is you're delving into the supernatural here there's also the dark dimension that was in agent mm-hmm. carter and this one mm-hmm. kind of deals with it and dr strange deals with it mm-hmm. so it's almost like we're not even pretending hashtag it's all connected right <laughs> that's <laughs> <We're> good because <laughs> that was really limited like it really messed a lot of things up too much for stuff like how about hashtag it's really all connected if you want it to be it's cool yeah <laughs> All right, Jeff. Well, you know, I think I've gone over this a couple of times with Eric. And what we're really started to worry me at first, of course, like you guys mentioned, the uh, the time slot change and uh, the certain uh, imminent type of death that you could deal with, with uh, dealing later on at night when it comes to network TV. And then the whole Ghost Rider curve came out, and I, I got a little excited. I was like, oh, okay, okay, we're getting somewhere here. And then they threw the car into it and took away the motorcycle and literally I think my own heart burst into (laughs) flames when that happened and I thought to myself why why would you do this why are you going to destroy this fantastic character by putting him in a car well in their defense that is a version of the character and they're being pretty faithful to it and and I kind of you know if they're saving the Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider for something bigger and better that's cool but as we saw in that last episode like that was still great like this show like 
like it's very this season has been very entertaining. Uh, granted, it's a little bit of a mess. Ghost Rider has no uh, business being anywhere near the show, but well, the fact that he's there, they're having fun with it, and they gave us the Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider. They did. I'm glad yeah. you mentioned that because that's the one thing about this season that I'm still trying to get a handle on, right? Because we got this huge buildup all last year, and then the you know into what this year was supposed to be about that this was all about Inhumans and, you know, Inhumans were causing S.H.I.E.L.D. I mean, at at its core to be redone and rearranged. And then this season, we're going to revolve around a non-Inhuman. What Inhuman? What's Inhuman? What are you talking about? Like, this is the problem with the MC Marvel Studios. They do not know what to do with Inhumans. And I think that problem extends to the X-Men being owned at Fox. Like, they're just confused. They're like, we're going to make a movie. No, we're not going to make a movie. We'll put it on S.H.I.E.L.D. You know what? Forget about it on S.H.I.E.L.D. We'll maybe make a movie again. They don't know what they're doing with the Inhumans. Right. <laughs> well, but I, I think they're starting starting at least finally to, to find a way to build a connection in this last episode or so. Right? Yeah. Because what we have and, and maybe I'm jumping way ahead of us but, you know, we've got the the leadership at S.H.I.E.L.D. which yeah. we now know is an Inhuman. Yeah. Right. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. coming to get Ghost Rider who he believes that when he gets there to be Inhuman right up until he proves he's not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that uh, what really started to worry me when I started watching this season is I, I first had thought, okay, here is the adversary of the season. Uh, this guy is going to go toe-to-toe with the Inhumans and shield uh, itself. Uh, and then all of a sudden you start to see him cozy up, you know, with everybody else. So, well, I guess I'll help him out a little bit, and yeah. they're going to get me to where I want to go. Yeah. And I know we, we have not reached that point of the season to where we have the break over the holiday, and we get to start getting to that second part of the season. That's where I'm hoping where the battle lines are drawn between the Ghost Rider, maybe the Inhumans and S.H.I.E.L.D., maybe not. I don't know. Maybe they're building up to something like that, and that's what I'm hoping. I don't want him to be the fluffy little kitten in S.H.I.E.L.D. and just go, oh, yeah, I'll I'll jump on the plane with you guys and and go do another mission. I want him to get down and dirty with this character and, and really shake things up. So that's what I'm hoping for as we get to that portion of the next part of the season, I think. Well, for me, I was glad to see them start off the way they did, because uh, I thought at the end of last season, they, they were saying, okay, we're done with Inhumans. Uh, to bring in the one Inhuman to make him director, okay, so we, we're, we're still got a foot in, in that little bit of territory there. Yeah. Um, if one pops up every now and then, outside of those that are already part of the team, like Yo-Yo, like mm-hmm. Daisy, a.k.a. Quake, um, I'm, I'm cool with that because um, after two and a quarter seasons, I'm kind of over the Inhumans at the moment on TV mm-hmm. because yeah. last year they yeah. really, really butchered it up, even though last year was an entertaining season. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've been brutally honest on this show about how S.H.I.E.L.D. is. Season one, I, I felt that same type of attitude atmosphere with the start of season four. Oh, it's like we're, we're seeing a new show. Mm. Yeah, it was definitely a reset. I do think the show has gotten progressively better uh, in a weird 
way, but I did. I just appreciated like this was kind of like a reset to the show, and they can kind of erase because the first half of the first season was just again it was all over the place. They they were just waiting for uh, Winter Soldier to come out and mm-hmm. they had to fill episodes. Well, uh, so but after I, Winter Soldier, I mean, it was awesome. Yeah, it really yeah. was. Well, was, a, was. Little, a little bit before, um, I, I think we've talked about. Uh, you either take it from where Coulson is quote unquote killed in the bridge explosion or you take it from when sky was shot and given the uh the Cree blood uh, yeah now, see and that's where i take it that's that's where season one really take the first first episode maybe a couple others with mike perkins becoming deathlock yeah. and you're fine so yeah, whatever happened stuff, to him? is he still hanging around i'd love to see the deathlock <laughs> oh. gee mike i wish somebody had thought of that before yeah <laughs> <laughs> every every so often we'll we'll just drag out our our show concepts for this is we originally started talking about this before uh most wanted was announced it only only that they were looking into a spin-off series mike wanted a howling commandos tv show i wanted a deathlock show yeah yeah i just I think well, that would be that would be perfect but uh, we see, didn't this- get it this is smart, though. This is what Marvel needs. Like, this is their one. Aside from the Netflix, which is its own, they're killing it on the Netflix. On network television, they got to take a little bit of bite out of the CW formula. A little bit. Oh, you yeah. Take, yeah. You take these characters like Deathlock, maybe you give them a little team, and you put them somewhere on the other side of the country. Uh, they just they need to expand. They're stuck with S.H.I.E.L.D. So the thing that the show's based on is literally holding them back from making good spin. Because I kind of was, I would have seen a, a Bobby Morris and Lance Hunter spinoff. Uh, finally, it's outside of shield and you could have more fun with a lot more characters in the universe right Oh, we're still waiting on damage control to come, yeah. come and poke its head up. Yeah. So. They did promise like six or seven more or something like that, or at least five. But right now, this is what everybody's watching. And it's, uh, you know, uh, man, it's still 9 p.m. It's late, uh, kind of closest adult content as you're going to get on network television. Right, well, yeah. <laughs> well I, I think I think the nice thing about this season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is they are, since we are getting Doctor Strange, we are going to be getting Iron Fist and, you know, whatever else is coming out, well, Black Panther. Panther with yeah. its a little bit of mystic arts in there as well, and a little bit of the the mystic arts and whatever with Captain Marvel, along with you know her other stuff. I I think bringing in Ghost Rider it, it's great because you, you like even with the this last episode last episode when you have. Fitz going, I don't know what this guy is because, you know, especially when he broke down the door to the containment unit. Yeah, that was awesome. Oh, like, yeah, that, yeah. Like, like, that was a great moment. He's like, this oh, no, has never been done before. Knowing him, I don't know what yeah. it is. Yeah. Like that, and yeah, and that, what did we say? What did I say? I said this before the season started, and we knew Ghost Rider was coming in. Fitz and Simmons would try to silence Science. the crap out of this, and yes. they won't be able to. And everyone around the Mac is like, hey, maybe it's just a ghost. Why can't it just be a ghost? Well, you yeah. know, they, just, they don't buy it. But that's kind of the, the – but at the same time, you have this uh, Ada, uh, AI, LMD, whatever she is. Oh, yeah, she, yeah. It seems weird that Fitz would be in on this when, like, the guy's just breaking the rules and breaking the law, but it is fascinating. 
everything to him. Yeah, but it's John Hanna, man. I yeah, mean, well, that guy's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and I mean to get to Fitz for a minute. I, first of all, thank God he's done with the brain injury. Yeah. Because yes. Oh, that was a pain. You know, yeah. they they just about ruined the character with it. Yeah. But it's nice to see him back functioning, and you know he gets into it because against his best judgment, the science is too cool not to go into it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. that's why I love him. That's why he's a great character. What do you guys and, think of them hooking up? Uh, Fitz and Simmons, like he just hooked up with her, and now he's got like a secret that could like ruin the whole thing. But to him, I guess the science is worth it. Yeah, and you see that kind of the it's like eight is an it or eight is a she. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's it's very subtle. I mean, it's not one of those that it, it's not a major thing that they deal. It's just kind of like the well, she's amazing. It is amazing. Simmons refers to her as it, it's and, it. Uh, and Fitz because you you can tell Simmons, you can tell she's just a little. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, but Ada smoking hot, and she was like well, pretty yeah. much naked when the first time you see her. It's great. <laughs> but and I'm just gonna say this: when at first, when when season one rolled out, Fitz and Simmons really just didn't do a whole lot for me. I mean, they the characters. I don't want to say they weren't appealing or you couldn't um, or engaging, but the way they have developed the two of them. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. I mean, Coulson, he already was developed, well, as much as a minor character in every single freaking Marvel Cinematic Universe movie so far had, could be. Uh, you you know you knew about him. He had some depth to him. I don't know. Um, there there was like one big hole to, to never mind. Yeah, it's a hole in his chest where Loki stabbed him. <laughs> <laughs> but he had some depth. May um, May it was a good character because she she had mystery to her. Yeah, you knew there was more to her story, and you wanted to find out the more to her story. She can be pretty one note though. She's always scowling, like always with that face. I think there's still more to her story that we yeah, still don't. Yeah, know. yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, May might actually be the one to blow the top off of this whole, you know, robot android type of thing that she is. Because, you know, she's like a drug dog. She can sniff out pretty much anything. You don't think she fooled her? It looked like, see, I was like, huh, they fooled me. Or she's playing along. Well, I mean, you got to give her the benefit of the doubt there. She was dead for how long? That's true. She does just might have minor brain damage because she was dead for seven minutes. thinking straight after all. All that and just see a person taking care of me, okay? But yeah. you give her enough time, she's that type of a person, and she's that smart, type of yeah. She's smart, yeah. She's smart along, okay? okay you can, but, I was but, like, cool there, yeah. But yeah, because she's the one who said, you know, I like her. She just gets down to business, and and she's like me, basically. Because May's a robot, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. May's a prototype <laughs> LMD. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that explains the constant scowling. Yeah. Now I'm going to steer but, us towards a. Oh, go ahead. No. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, I'm going to steer us towards the direction that Eric might consider this the equivalent of Nick Spencer talk. The director. Like him, love him, hate him, despise him. There's part of me that wants to take a shower just to wash off the sleaze yeah. every okay. time he's on the camera. He's well played. That guy plays that kind of that sleazily charming. But you're slowly yeah. starting to turn around. Like he surprised like he surprised me when he's just on TV and he's like, you know what? I'm just gonna tell him. Uh yeah, I'm an inhuman. I'm one of those people. I was like, oh damn, okay. Uh that that was uh not, not expected. But maybe he's just playing the sleaze part to uh, but know. it's not the first time on this season, though, he outs himself as an inhuman. Yeah, yeah the part where he, like, basically manhandles May yeah. when she's gone bonkers. Mm. I, 
I said it earlier on, I just kind of like, we are going to see him with Steve Rogers' shield at some point over the course of the season because in the comics, he was Captain America. Jeffrey Mace is, uh, was he the Patriot? And he was like the third yeah. guy. He filled in. Uh, and he actually had the longest run of oh. being Captain America until they thought out Rogers. Ah, wow. Yeah. So, well, yeah. So, but here, here's something. I, I just want to throw this out about him because I, I know that, that they've given him the name of that character from the comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in terms of his persona, the character from the Marvel comic universe that he really sort of reminds me the most of, actually, is Colossus. Oh. It's almost like they've backdoored the Colossus character He's got similar into their strength. universe. Yeah. He's got strength, yes. I well and and he he takes the lead in sort of the you know the PR for the group to try to get the world to accept them because he communicates well and he's pretty the only diff- the only problem I would have with that analogy, though, is that Mace seems to be too driven by PR. Mm. He's so, and you can see it's it's in his in the story where you know maybe he's not quite the hero that everybody thinks he is. Mm. So he's trying to keep that facade up. And now Senator Nadil uh, is threatening to you know go public out. Shield working with Ghost Rider. Yeah, yeah. Is he going to cave? That's very interesting. To find, yes. You know? yeah. And it's the question of now he's he's like making deals with the devil in more ways than one. Here's the thing, though. Like, if they were going to announce Shield, it doesn't seem like he had a plan ever on how he was going to announce him being an inhuman. Like, wouldn't you do it at the same press conference, maybe? Or would you soften the blow and then you wait? Like he didn't have a pl- like. Were they even ever going to tell everyone after Shield went public that he? Was I think human? probably at some point. What I would do if I was in, let's say, what's the what's the PR guy's name? The little toady that's the Harlan was it? Whoever their PR guy is, yeah. my plan would be: all right, when we're ready, we unveil Shield. Let's give them about a year or so, get back comfortable to the idea of having a Shield. Let you be out there public. You're the public face of Shield. People get used to you being director shield, and then suddenly you out yourself as an inhuman, but you've built up that trust equity as being the shield director. Yeah, yeah. But I was now, thinking, I was thinking about that as a public, like that could also backfire because I was like, uh-huh. if I if that happened, I'd be like, this dude was an inhuman for a year, and he didn't say nothing. Like I would almost go the other way and completely. <laughs> but that's, I, I, it's weird. I put myself in that space. Like, how would I react to this news? Would I want to hear it right away? or after a year of him building something. I don't know. Don't I recall he and Coulson having at least part of that conversation somewhere around episode two or three? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But instead of doing something like that, that, you know, Eric, you just mentioned, you know, they decide to throw him on Good Morning America with George Stephanopoulos. (laughs) And, uh, you know, great way to do it as everybody wakes up. The new shield is run by an inhuman. I mean, (laughs) so and I'm ready to backhand that senator already. Already. Backhand the senator, and really, I kind of want to backhand Mace too. Well, just you know, you know, we can bend her like Beckham and send her to the. Yeah, uh, who yeah. was she working for? Who was her brother? That was that dude. He died right last season. Uh, her brother. No, I, I think they just showed her, her brother is in a um, human cocoon. 
Yeah. In the, oh, that's in right. That's right. From the They're in the Genesis. room. All just waiting to burst out. Uh, but I feel like someone she's working for somebody also. Watchdog. Well, let's remember in the comics who was who was behind the Watchdogs. That would have been the Red Skull. Oh. So this was, you know, he also had the resistance. He had the scourge of the underworld, the power broker. He had. He was behind all these other organizations. And they were uh, they were just all seemingly separate, but they were all connected to uh, basically further the skull's agenda, just in different facets of it. And so it makes me wonder if the watchdogs are not part of some kind of resurgent Hydra. Yeah. Mm. And like the remnants of Hydra kind of building back. Yeah, together. that's yeah. interesting. Because yeah. global, I mean, they they say it when they're when they rescue Yo Yo, they're. They figure out these guys have more resources than a domestic terrorist group. They've gone global. They've got serious financial support. They got serious military hardware support. It makes sense. And I'm telling you right now, if that senator is not behind them or working with whoever is, I will be shocked. Well, you got to wonder where all the Hydra people actually went. I mean, they're somewhere. Yeah. So, you know, I love the Red Skull in the comics because you're right. Like, if it were 50 50 shot, you're reading Avengers Captain America. Ah, it's going to be Red Skull. Of course. Yeah. It's Red Skull. Mm. <laughs> he wasn't yeah. a lot of stuff. It's great. And, and I'm going to confess, I've been kind of Hydra out for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, mean, well, that's, the, yeah. I think it was smart for them to get rid of that and then they just uh this whole push into the mystic realm have you guys seen dr strange yet anybody i'm going to see it this weekend uh, i'll All be right, seeing it week of thanksgiving uh, yeah soon soon yeah really soon. no it's Our good you see a similar schedule. like the books there's books in there and it reminds you of the dark hold and uh the, i don't think there's any i can't figure out any tie-in or what's going to happen aside from you know we saw fitz and colson like disappear when they got hit by the wave in that season episode six they went somewhere did they go to some alternate dark dimension I don't but it, it's if they run somebody named Clea. <laughs> I'm just going to laugh my head off. <laughs> what did you guys think of the ghosts? Like, just the fact, like, how they look, uh, right? Some of, the, some of the effects on the ghosts, a little bit lacking. Like, when she put her mm. fingers in that guy's head, I was like, really? Like, I can, uh, that's that's the best you got? Like, come on. It's, it's almost like you, she's giving him, like, the ultimate wet willy there. It's like, that's what Slimer, there's ectoplasmic <laughs> goo just, like, in his ear. Ah, what is this? Stinky stuff. Stupid ghost. <laughs> Now the thought of uh, of rebooting May's central nervous system. Yes, I, I kind of like that. Just the whole, you know, we're we're going to have to kill her, and the whole conversation after that. I see that's one of the things that I have truly enjoyed about this season has been the 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 dialogue. Mm. It's like where where Radcliffe says, um, you know, we had to cure you because we uh, we had to gently and lovingly kill you. <laughs> I, just that, and when. Ghost Rider and James are going at it in the the storage unit, and he's he's got the chain around him, and he's about to like oh you know, yeah the chain looks like he's about to That's put awesome. the tenant stare on him yeah, yeah. yeah and he just like he blows the wall out behind him. And, of course, the wall is the wall of the fireworks warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> just really. just the whole deadpan conversation there. It's like, did we just see two fire guys fall into a fireworks warehouse? Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we should, really should have seen that coming. That right, exactly. Like, I saw, I love seeing James. And I'm like, oh, of course he works at a fireworks store. Why yes. wouldn't he? This is. Uh... <laughs> but then, like, Robbie drags him out with the chain, and he's like, I got him alive. Like, it was a great. That was an awesome moment. And he, I was like, he's got his chain. That's all I wanted him to see was uh, grab a chain. I, I will.
will say this. Yeah. I, I I was disappointed when I first heard it was going to be the Robbie Reyes mm. Ghost Rider uh, for like what Jeff said. You know, you do it's Ghost Rider, not Ghost Driver, mm. unless True. he's like doing stuff like riding on the top of the car and yeah, yeah. the car's driving itself. You know, yeah. kind of like you know a supernatural Knight Rider or something. Yeah. And you just have that. But the character himself, I'm really liking. And Gabriel Luna is really good. He's yes. killing it. Yes. Like you buy him right away every time he's on screen he's got great chemistry with everyone else he does uh, and you feel for him and, and you gotta he's... wonder it, when he realizes uh, that that moment in in episode in the lockup where he's trying to get his uncle out yeah. and he sends his uncle on just so he could get this last remaining you know that's gang member. yeah but the, but the thing was he wasn't even part of the group when they when they shot up him and his brother yeah so just you saw it all over his face when he realized my uncle's not here. And they go, they got him. Ah! You saw it. He's kind of like, I was such a dingbat. Yeah, he gave in to the... Yeah, gave in to the vengeance. So so he calls upon his car. Ghost Rider Industries 2000. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I need to see a mashup now. Uh, ghost Knight Rider. Nice goat, Knight Ghost Rider. But well, I am I, liking I did- that... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I just, I I wanted to say, I felt like they did do a really nice job with his backstory and with the way they told it, you know, because they could have just done it with a narrative like they've done so many times. And they didn't. They really told a story. It was cinematic. It was, you got the multiple perspectives. um, And and frankly, the character of his brother is one of the more, one of the stronger supporting characters we've had. I mean, when we saw the other Ghost Rider who we're, believing to be Johnny Blaze. I'm like, okay, the skull is done right. Yeah. Because to me, the, <laughs> the Robbie skull looks too it's a, steel-like. It's a stylized, yeah, it's a stylized skull, but they really like, even with their his uncle Eli Morrow, I love how they're really pulling from the comic books. Let me ask you guys this. He has not spoken in Ghost Rider form yet, and I think he should never speak. Because No, you're right. The minute you see that stupid skeleton jaw move up and down, He's going to look like a Halloween ornament, and it's going to ruin it. So I think it's very smart. Like, he cannot talk. Now, I'm okay with maybe you hear a voice, and his skull doesn't move. But how do you have a lead character to carry a whole show? Let's say he gets a show. That doesn't talk when he's in his coolest form. Um, You shoot him from behind when he's speaking. There you go. Uh, Oh, yeah. That's a good point. (laughs) And it is kind of like that. It is kind of a Hulk thing. Yeah, that's, that's one thing that really endeared me to the Robbie Reyes character. Uh, in that it has that Bill Bixby yeah. monster inside. Yes. yes. I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And yes, I'm also digging the fact that the car seems to be supernatural as well now. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I mean, it it it, it, re- it basically head-on collision with a Quinjet. Oh, yeah. Not a scratch on it now. No, no. It's like a still looking good. <laughs> and, it's, and, it's, and it's freaking back out. And we got to see Lola. That was cool. Yes. Oh, that was That fantastic. car chase was amazing. But I think they ran out of money at that point with the invisible yeah. jet <laughs> and the flaming heads. We don't got money for the flying car. Sorry, you're going to be driving this time. <laughs> you got to pick. Flaming head, yeah. flying car. Flaming right, head, flying car. Right. Give me a flaming head. I love the flaming head. Like, it looks good. I was surprised. Like, it actually looks pretty decent yeah. for television, the, 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 the CGI on his head for the most part. I, I just don't like 
the look of the skull. I mean, it looked, no. the effect itself looks amazing. I agree. But after seeing the Johnny Blaze or the original Ghost Rider look, if that's who that oh, is, yeah. it's like, oh, why couldn't we be a little more rounded with this skull and not so sharp edged? Well, it looks more like the Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider yeah. in the comics. Yeah. It's just the design. They're just copying yeah. that same design. Oh, so. and, and it's well, it the skull of the person who, you know, the, who's the host, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, well, it depends yeah. on what the shape of his head. And it may not necessarily have to be a human skull. Ooh. This oh. could be the hmm. this could be the manifestation of the demon that's within. Oh. He does refer to it as, you know, as yeah. him, as, yeah. as yeah. the other guy, yeah. much yeah. the way that, that uh, you know, Banner refers to Hulk. That's a, yeah, it's, a, it's just like the Incredible Hulk. The other guy's not going to be too happy. But I want to know, how many of you guys spotted the Quentin Carnival poster when they yes. went into the basement to, to dig up the dark hold? And there it is. And it's kind of like, I'm like, wait a minute. I recognize that reference. And so, yes, that is the carnival that Johnny Blaze worked at. Ah, nice. Oh, now, I, I hadn't caught it the first time, but um, I did see a reference, and I went back and looked, and sure enough. And I say, that's why I'm thinking that the one that we saw, the other Ghost Rider, has to be Blaze. I think it is. Sure. I think Luna somewhere said something like it was. I wonder if we'll see him again, first of all. And also, what do you guys think of the twist with his uncle? The guy can make stuff out of nothing now. Uh, that's a very dangerous power to have. I didn't. I don't know what he's gonna. I don't know what his end game is. He just. Well, I love that. That's a tie-in to Agent Carter. Yeah, that's like the Dark Dimension uh, bit. Yeah, and, and, and the Zero Matter. Kinda, yeah, the ghost kind of reminded me of Agent Carter too, like uh, the way they they happen. Yeah. But what's he up to? There's a possibility that the two characters may be tied into that book in some form or fashion ah. to where you might get a face-off between him and his uncle. And yeah. we already know the Ghost Rider is the only person that can get rid of these things that they were mm-hmm. in the first place. And since well, he is, you know, made from that book, then there is nobody else to, you know. He's going to have to take his uncle down. That would be yeah. very cool. At the moment, yeah. we, we know Ghost Rider is the only one who could take him down. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, now, obviously, with Dr. Strange out, could he also potentially take any of these down or anyone from that movie? I don't see and why if, not. And if that's yeah. the case, who from the movie could possibly pull a Lady Sif type cameo in the series and do there's, it a bunch of, there, there's a bunch of sorcerers out there now man if you watch the movie like they're training a bunch of them they're out there somewhere well and, i mean we know right that that there should be I, I believe it's been confirmed that we now have a one of the drum brothers who's uh now in charge of the new york sanctum so we could we could get a you know a dr voodoo show showing yeah, his, up. Bro- his brother is uh brother voodoo a dr voodoo right in the comics yeah that would be good this stuff could bring yeah. it could bring in wong for that matter, <laughs> I mean, he's—they have made him a a, a spell slinger as well, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, he's certainly so, a sorcerer in his own right. There's yeah, nothing wrong also, with that. Oh, there you go. Nothing <laughs> wrong with that. And the guy playing Wong's real name is Wong. That's the best part. <laughs> no, 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 because two Wongs can't make a right. Oh, they make a right. There's too many Wongs. <laughs> oh, goodness. But uh, also, Baron Mordo. Yeah. Okay. I am One of the reasons that I am looking forward to, this, to seeing this movie this weekend is not just Benedict Cumberbatch, okay? Uh, I think he was a spot-on casting choice for it. Mm-hmm. Do a tell Edgeafor 
I, I am lo- seriously looking forward to seeing him. You're going to love what they did with him. Uh, yeah, th- this is this has been one of my favorite Marvel movies of the whole series. I'm, wow, I'm really? Love with this. I'm absolutely wow. in love with this film. Mm, wow. I, I, I've heard this movie is a lot like the politics. You're either extreme one way or extreme yes. the other yes. way. Yes. You either middle, like it or you, so, yeah. or you hate I, it. There is no the in between. I've seen the same. I've seen people saying, this is the best whatever, and then other people are like, yeah, it's pretty good. It's all right. But yeah, it's uh, it's got a lot of rabid fans. And it's the way they set all this up, the way they kind of explain magic to people. I think people really connected with that and got it. Well, and it world. helped. I, I, I splurged on this one and saw it in IMAX 3D. The 3D Ooh. is amazing. It yeah. was worth it. It because was worth it. It was so world. gorgeous. So immersive. Yeah, you see the magic actually floating in the depth. And like, it makes so much sense. You completely buy in. It was The 3D was amazing in this, actually. You're right. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a 3D IMAX theater around me. Has anybody got one of those RDX things, RPX, RDX, where it's almost uh-huh. like a ride and there's scents and like things vibrate and they blow wind and like it's yeah. crazy. Like, oh, is, that yeah. the, is that the Regal? I think so. There's only a few of them. There's one in Chicago and Gurney. There's a few of them around the country, but apparently it's this crazy like fourth dimension 4D like everything uh, experience. Yeah, I mean, it's like a theme park theater. Yeah. Yeah. I like the Soren ride from, from Epcot. Yeah. I haven't. I have a Regal Simulus that does the RPX, but I don't think they do it to that extreme. I think it's just primarily the audio enhancement. Uh-uh. Yeah, there's that, and then there's like this other thing. That's that's like, right. They, they advertise them. It's like they call them rumble seats or something yeah, like that. The rumble seats <laughs> and sense and, and and air air pressure and like I've heard crazy stories, but I've heard it's pretty cool. <laughs> so much. It's probably like forty five dollars a ticket. No, no, it's still fifteen dollars a ticket. There's just a $30 surcharge. The popcorn. Oh, 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 yeah. With a $30 surcharge and, like, crazy popcorn, that's, like, $50. <laughs> so, um, I guess since we've been talking a lot about Ghost Hunter, or Ghost Hunter, Ghost Rider. Um, <laughs> no, that's a completely other show, dude. That's another yes, podcast, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gabriel Luna talks about Ghost Rider possibly joining the Defenders or Midnight Suns. Now, this is first we hear of... A potential Midnight Suns show or series, anything. Um, according to comicbook.com, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has successfully launched a new Ghost Rider into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And of course, we we're, we've been talking about it. Um, they had a chance to sit down with the actor, Gabriel Luna, to talk about the character's future in the MCU. And he revealed that there are definite plans in place for Ghost Rider to move on to Netflix, on to the Netflix corner of the MCU, and went on to discuss where he would personally like to see the character find a place. According to Luna, he goes, I think it'd be cool to see Blade and the Punisher and Strange and that whole Midnight Suns kind of run. Oh, no. Even my dogs are in favor of this. <laughs> They're excited. Oh, no, no, no. They're like Blade and Punisher. Hold on. And, Where's the bacon? And you have the Dark Avengers. You've got all these teams that Ghost Rider slides into. I love that idea and that potential. And I'm going to turn down for a quick second, and I'll let you all continue. <laughs> like, you almost have all these guys there. Like, I don't know if you're going to bring Doctor Strange down to the Netflix, but finally, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has given it a legit character that can graduate through. This is kind of like, it's like Marvel's school of characters, if you think about it. Like, yes. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is like grammar school. And then the Netflix is you get to high school, and then you graduate to college being the MCU. And up until now, I was like, there's no way any of these people on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will graduate to the next level. But I really think they've given us someone who could do it now, finally. Uh, you know, I'd really... <sighs> 
I like the idea of the Midnight Suns. I do. Because you could, you, we've got, oh, I say we, Marvel Studios has the rights to Blade back, or Marvel has the movie rights to Blade. So you've got that. Uh, Morbius, probably. I don't know what the movie rights are on him, but I would say probably good chance that it's either with Marvel or with uh, uh, Sony mm. because he's a, he's big in the Spider-Man. Ah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. But if you do, if you do this, you want to get the Punisher, you want to get Blade, you want to get Morbius, you want to get Ghost Rider and have a basically follow the model from the Defenders. You know, each one has their own season and then we're going to have a season of all that together. Bring it out to the West Coast. Yeah. Don't don't have them interact too much with the Defenders in Hell's Kitchen and New York. And again, this is like was said earlier, take a bite out of the CW's playbook. I, I hate to say this because I hate to admit that CW is actually doing anything right. But a, yes, yeah, they, yeah, are the, well, it, they are it's doing the only, it. They are doing well. It's the only thing in the DC expanded, un, as they call it, expanded universe that is being done well. Absolutely. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. I love the idea of, yes, like we've enough with the Harlem and the Hell's Kitchen and Iron Fist is maybe, that. what is that, Midtown? You're still in New York City. Let's <laughs> go, kind of like Fear the Walking Dead, what's going on on the other side of the country? Right. Where's our West Coast Avengers? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you said the magic words now, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, look, I, I've made no secret. I mean, I, I'm, I'm taking us in left field here, but, you know, it kills me that, that we're hearing all of these, you know, potential projects that are coming, some really cool stuff, and none of them are Runaways. We got a, we got a tiny hint about Runaways in the Doctor Strange film, but... Oh, you mean, aren't they doing Runaways on Hulu? I thought that's a... Uh... Oh, well, okay, so supposedly there's some coming in yeah. Hulu, but I have I've not seen word one since the announcement. I mean, that would not be, even a casting note. See, yeah, I, I, I would I would almost think Cloak and Dagger, which we'll discuss this in a minute. Uh, but Cloak and Dagger would be a great potential if this is the way they want Marvel wants to do it within the MCU. Cloak and Dagger could be a great launch vehicle for the Runaways. Ah, okay, okay. Especially if they want to kind of tie in the teens and the tweens and the young adults. But well, see, the interesting thing to me though about Runaways and doing it that way is that they fit in terms of the age of the characters, but it almost concerns me a little bit because to do Runaways right, they're pretty darn dark. Yeah, yeah. Well, to continue on with the story, um, you know, they go for those unfamiliar with Midnight Suns. Midnight Suns was a team of Marvel Comics supernatural heroes like Ghost Rider, Doctor Strange, Morbius Blade, and the Night Stalkers, another team we hadn't talked about, uh, who banded together in the 90s to take on big supernatural threats like Lilith, the Demon Queen. Who are you going to call? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say that. There were some Ghostbusters references so yeah. far in, in this series, especially when, yeah. And, and who played in Ghostbusters? Sigourney Weaver, who's supposed to be oh, a yeah. villain in The Defenders. Oh. Yes, you'll be in The Defenders. Well, if the Demon Queen first appears in Defenders, and then if they do the Midnight Suns, that she takes them West Coast. Wait, do you think that's who she's playing? Because I was there was a number of theories about who Sigourney, and I was like, maybe the best one I heard was like CEO of that company IGH that was testing a nuke uh, in Jessica Jones. Uh, but if she's like a Demon Queen, that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> They're bringing in the, the supernatural, the magical, the mystical. 
I think she could be perfect, especially if they're going to possibly bring in Ghost Rider and and start doing Morbius and Blade and everything else. This is what, you know, we we talked about uh, Doctor Strange on the Dis Dad's podcast a few uh, just a couple of weeks ago, kind of leading up to the film. And this was the big thing that all of us on the panel were really excited about is that bringing in Doctor Strange just opens this whole new world for the MCU because it's gotten kind of boxed in because of the inability to use uh, the the whole mutant concept. And it looks like they maybe have given up on on Inhumans to some extent. You know, this is another route to go that opens up just reams of storytelling options that they can go in lots of directions with. Well, and and going back to the West Coast thing, Luna said um, when they were talking about Ghost Rider being inherent to his Defenders mantle mantle from the comics, because as far as going and joining the Defenders, they seem to have New York City and Hell's Kitchen on lock. So I would love to see more West Coast heroes. So again, we we introduce Lilith Demon Queen in the Defenders, and then we slowly spin her off to West Coast, in which we have Ghost Rider. We move Blade West. Because in the movies, wasn't she more, or wasn't she, wasn't Blade more West Coast than East Coast in the movies? Um, I was thinking more I thought it was in, New York. in the first one. Yeah. The first one, yeah, maybe, maybe East Coast. But then he, he jumped in, he jumped the pond and was over in, in Russia and Europe and a couple of other spots. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And everything. So kind of moved around a little bit. So so it wouldn't be hard to move him yeah. to a West Coast base. Uh, well, and, and we even, know Punisher even, jumps around. Well, and, and Johnny Blade. You know, yeah. it would be nothing to say that agents, you know, that, that Shield is going to relocate him, right? Because he's not an Inhuman, so he's not really going to be a part right. of that, which is Shield's new mission. So yeah, I don't think he's going to work for him for long because they really just need him for that one thing. Like he's just the only guy that got stopped. These right, like I exactly. just take off after this yeah. is done. Yeah. So it would be nothing to send him off to the West Coast to do something else. Right, right. If he so chooses or does it on his own. Well, but that's where they, it started. It was in, uh, that's where he lives, right? He lives in California. Uh, uh, Ghost Rider, yeah. Ghost yeah. Rider. Yeah. Well, that's right. He's yeah. in Los yeah. Angeles. So that's that, right. Yeah, that's his home yeah. base anyways. Makes sense. All LA, Las Vegas, that region. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I also think that with Iron Fist, it's interesting because this is also dabbling into that weird mystical power realm. Like, he's a kung fu mm-hmm. master, but he's got a glowy fist. This is, now again, this is energy. It's magic. And the, it's <laughs> Similar to Doctor Strange is just channeling energy in a different way. Glowy fist equals supernatural. <laughs> Absolutely, what you're saying. Yeah, it's glowy. That should glowy. be happening. Yeah. I am writing this down because I think this is show title. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> glowy fist yeah. equals supernatural. What's this Iron Fist about? Ah, oh, it's a white guy. He's got a glowy fist. You'll love it. Just check it out. <laughs> but as you start to move all these characters over to Netflix or move them to the West Coast, where does that leave Shield, who is? Stuck Ooh, in limbo. Stuck in limbo, literally, with uh, bringing in another character. Man, Shield in the comics was never like it was never the focus of a thing. Like you got to use it, like they use it in the comics. It's behind things. They show up when things get crazy. Uh, it was, I think, it was always a problem when you were going to have this be a main narrative thing as its own self. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I so always basically thought, always yeah. interpreted Shield as you know, super spy agency meets SWAT. Yeah, yeah. with a big honking aircraft carrier. Yeah. Really, really big, yeah. yeah as I opposed mean, to our Gila bus. That comics-wise, you know, the the Shield devoted books were kind of intended to just be bridges, yeah, between yeah. major stories. Yeah. They weren't they weren't really intended to carry a long term narrative. Yep. No. Um, <laughs> 
Sorry, got a family friend who just got into town, and the dogs haven't seen him tomorrow. We're all over the place. But the dog's making a good point. Yeah, 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 I agree. Now, (laughs) since we've talked about Cloak and Dagger, uh, Cloak and Dagger is being pushed to 2018 instead of 2017. And um, showrunner has been announced, and it is Joe Pokoski. Um... Yeah, he, that's how I would Pokoski. Pokoski. Uh, Pokoski. That's how I would pronounce it. Oh, I guess that's how I did pronounce it. But uh, if we are if we are mispronouncing it, as we say with everybody whose name we mangle here on the show, please on the show. you have an open inf- invitation to come yep. set us straight. Send him uh, hate mail. He, <laughs> so, so he is sweet to add on, at uh, Sorcon Review. Where you send it? Um. Currently, he's serving as co-showrunner and executive producer on the WGN's Underground. Uh, uh, even though he is no stranger to superhero shows, he served as co-executive producer on the first season of Daredevil. And prior uh, to that, he was a mainstay crew member on NBC's Heroes. All right. So he's got a little... Uh, he's got some chops. Superhero yeah. narrative experience. What my problem is? What network is this supposed to be going on? Hmm. It's supposed to be going on the rebranded ABC Family, which okay, is that, Freeform. That right there is going to be a big clue as to what kind of tone we're going to get. Possibly, like, is this yep. going to be a kiddie show? What is this? It's going to be like a teenage soap opera drama kind of thing. That's Pretty, much, pretty yeah. Little Liars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Do you guys well, think Cloak and Dagger is the right property for uh, that uh, audience? Teenage angst in love. Yeah. 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 Unfortunately. Yeah. The definition of Cloak and Dagger, the, yeah. you know. Star-crossed lovers that, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Together. <laughs> ah, it's just like almost it kind of feels like it's such a waste of a great character, like two great characters. Like I really want them to push this because uh, visually, like every time I read it, just and even in the cartoons, like I love just Cloak being able to transport anywhere. And the, the, yeah. the you know, the, the contrast with Dagger, like, oh, it's so great. I just, I hope they can fully use all the potential I, for him. I, I hope so too, but... It, Every time we've discussed the show, I just like sound like every single Star Wars movie out there. I have a bad feeling about ah, this. Okay, that's not just me. <laughs> mm. If it's done right, it's going to be awesome, and I'm hoping that it will be because you don't want the MCU to fail. Yeah, if it's done wrong, I have a really bad feeling about this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. um, well, according to Screen Rant. Um, there are plenty of other titles in development, such as Runaways on Hulu or New Warriors uh, or New Warriors property uh, starring Squirrel Girl. Uh, but one of the most <laughs> or one of the longest rumored properties to join is Cloak and Dagger. Uh, the Love Struck Super Duo was first rumored to get a new show back in 2011. Uh, but those hoping for the series finally got good news when the series was put to order on Freeform. Unfortunately, they are not making their debut as soon as originally expected. Uh, THR did a widespread story regarding the struggles that Freeform has had since rebranding from ABC Family, which has mm-hmm. been quite obvious. Um, the series was initially scheduled to debut sometime in 2017, but THR is now reporting that the duo will have to wait until the winter of 2018 before it sees the screen. So they, literally, we have to wait a long time for. Look, I also I'm still always wonder why they bailed on Most Wanted. Like, this is not a good start for them trying to expand. Like, this seemed like it was. I think there was a pilot. I guess it wasn't very good. Uh, I, I'm surprised. I think. 
ABC is kind of trapped in its own success model right now. Yeah. Because think about the shows that are doing well on ABC right now. Scandal, Grey's Anatomy, that sort of thing. How to get away away with murder. And they're all in the 9 9 p.m. slots. Now, this show has boosted their Tuesday night 9 p.m. slot because they didn't have anything good, I think. It was the Goldbergs or whatever. No, that was the 8 o'clock slot. That was the hour earlier. Yeah. Uh, so I think what it is is they're trying to milk the that formula to death. Yeah. Because it's working for them, and they're going to keep riding that train until it derails. I think that's like eight, season two of Agent Carter. I think that kind of bit them is they had a gimmick that was a one-season gimmick. Yeah. And they were like, going to shove this in. Now, Haley Atwell's show, Conviction, has been canceled. By the way, I just oh, saw somewhere. Yeah. She is free again. <laughs> Do we? I mean, I love the Agent Carter, but... Such a terrific I'm, actress who seems yes. to be snake bit on TV. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. well, the, ori- yeah. the original concept of Agent Carter, they didn't stick with to begin with anyway. It was supposed to be season one took place, what, 1947? Mm-hmm. Roughly. Yeah. The next season, yeah, and it was supposed to be one whole story arc, which I thought they covered. What It was supposed to, that whole story arc was supposed to be done in eight episodes. Uh-huh. And then, boom, season two was supposed to take place in 1948. Whole new story arc that would be completed start to finish. That way, if you miss season one, cool, you can watch season oh, two and not have an issue. It's all self contained. Yeah, they season didn't do that. three. <laughs> season three was going to be 1949 or jump that ahead. That makes sense. That'd have been great. Mm. You could see and, Shield and get formed. You could lead up to where she's like leading Shield and creates it, and it's an official thing. Yep. But they did not stick with that. Yep. <laughs> Instead, oh, we're going to move her west coast, and we'll put a couple and, of musicals in the season. And we're going to tank the show. I still love the Agent Carter, but yeah. Well, and what's bizarre is that they did all that, and then you know we have a critical plot point in Agents of Shield yeah. being built on something that was introduced in Agent Carter. Oh yeah, 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 because she was referenced in the uh, in I think what was the last episode? Well, well I, right, and 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 the she, whole working with Zero Matter and yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the energy yeah. companies and yeah. you know all of that is straight Roxanne, out of the last yeah. season mm-hmm. of uh, Agent Carter. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see what goes on from there. It, it's never a good thing, though, when a, a series gets pushed back yeah. or a movie gets pushed back. And <coughs> humans. <laughs> that's never, never going to happen. Hey, it could still be one of those untitled films coming out. Oh, yeah, there's two. That's right. There are two of those. Yeah. So, I mean, again, that's another reason not to feel good about this. But, again, the showrunner. Yeah. It, this the, the showrunner's quality. Yeah. I think we can all agree on that. It's just a question of can he pull this off? True. Well, you know what? We're starting to come to a close. Um, I'm going to ask our guests to stay with us as we, we do that one part of the show that I think everyone tends to love. Well, that's our picks of the week, and it's the comic book shop, courtesy of the Shazbots. Uh, we want to thank them for the use of the song. 
Um, before we get to our picks of the week, I'm going to ask you guys, what's that one title or maybe two titles a month that you guys have to pick up? It's a must, must grab. I know this is going to be tough on you, Jeff, because we've talked about this before. You're not a Marvel guy. You're a DC guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am a DC guy. Yeah. And, and we'll have to ask Jarvis what he thinks about that. <laughs> yes, here at the above ground underwater suborbital volcano lair, um, we we do have a variation of Jarvis that did not end up being part of the final vision embodiment. So, <sighs> yeah, he makes life well, interesting. <laughs> bless his heart, he does try. I, I will leave the uh, the picks of the week to you guys, and I'll just uh, whatever you guys mention, I'll pick up. <laughs> <laughs> and give a good read. So I'll give it to you guys. Okay. Uh, Aaron, Imran, one or two books that is y'all's must read. Uh, I got to be honest. I've got, I've been, uh, my pull list is getting full and I haven't been, like, I've just been a month and I haven't been able to get to the comic book store. But what I was enjoying, a couple of books, Civil War 2, I was really digging. Uh, it's taken a long time to come out. Uh, but I really enjoy what they're doing in there. The Vision. Wow. This is a great book. This is like uh, the, and the most unsuperhero y book about Vision. And it's just about, it's amazing. It's about him being an AI and moving into suburbia. And then I'm a big Spider Man fan. So I am, uh, I have like a love hate relationship with Dan Slott, and I'm dying to pick up Conspiracy Theory. He's almost like the Zack Snyder for Spider-Man writers. Like, he just makes me want to strangle him, but I love some of the things he does, and then I'm like, what? What are you doing? What is this? So, anybody can get that reaction out of you. I guess he's doing something right, but maybe he should uh, pass it on to someone else. He's been on that book for a long time, man. What about you? Well, you know, I'm coming at this from a different perspective because um, I actually sort of got away from reading comics for a good 15, 20 years almost. You know, I, I was an avid reader for a while, got away from it, and as I started to pick up comics again, what I'm finding that I spend the most time with are going back and uh, catching up on, sure. you know, books that I missed or books that, you know, I kind of I want to catch up to where I was <laughs> when I stopped uh, reading. Then I recommend, since they're running a special um, for it for five bucks a month, if you do the year for at sixty dollars, uh, Marvel Unlimited they're mm-hmm. offering a. Yeah. Deal. Now, I, I've done sixty dollars for the year. I, I've done Marvel Unlimited for a while, and and the one that I've been using most recently, actually, it, it, because I'm able to leverage it because my wife uses it too for other stuff, um, is the uh, subscription service Scribd. Uh, has a surprisingly oh, large collection. Oh. Yeah, they have a surprisingly large collection of a, a number of, of publishers actually, but including a good chunk of Marvel. And the ones that I, I've just been rereading, and I, I've mentioned them several times because they're you know it's one of my favorite stories, uh, is that they've got the full runaways run um and so i just was rereading it and i love that story so much it's just so well told and i so much wish there was more of it yeah yeah it's a great story okay well for those who want to go hit the comic book shop this coming wednesday uh which wednesdays is new comic book day um eric why don't you go ahead with your first pick okay my first pick let's make it a number one thanos number one written by jeff lemire penciled by mike diodato oh evil has been unleashed on the universe. Thanos, probably the most evil individual in the Marvel Universe, is back and he is out for vengeance on all who would oppose him. 
Unfortunately for the Mad Titan, he's also heading for an unexpected reckoning with his family. I never <laughs> figured him as being a family man. <laughs> That's a great creative team on that book, by the way. Yeah. Take an ongoing walk on the dark side of the galaxy following the deadly trail of destruction in the wake of Thanos. Okay. Well, my first book is uh, Star Wars number 25. Like, go figure, right? <laughs> I, I was avid with, with Star Wars um, in the very beginning when Marvel had it. Um, I love Dark Horse's run, and it's a shame that I came into it so late. Uh, but now that Marvel has it back, I've seen it as the opportunity of I don't have my books from when I was a kid of Marvel Star Wars Volume yeah. One. Now I'm able to go back and get all of Volume Two, and I'm doing yeah. so, uh, and I'm loving the fact that I could do so now. Um, this is written by Jason Aaron, uh, pencilers George Molina, uh, with a backstory from Chris Ilopoulos. Um, yeah, he's a cartoonist, and uh, is he yeah. a letterer also? Uh, um, he writes in. I think he, so. Yeah, he's got a couple other stuff projects. He's those, he does those children's well. those children's books about uh, with, with Brad uh, Meltzer. Little, yeah, Brad, with Brad Meltzer. Meltzer. Yeah. Those are really great. Yeah, Dude, um, I've been reading the Star Wars line from Marvel. Actually, those are they're killing it. They're really good. And like you said, I I remember being a little kid. I had a copy of the adaptation of Return of the Jedi by Marvel, and the cover had ripped off. And I had that book for so long. I just remember reading it over and over and over again when I was a kid. And it's like, it just feels right that Star Wars is at Marvel. I I mean, we'll, we'll go through. I, I've been very critical over the Star Wars stuff. Um, the C-3PO one-shot was the best four ninety nine free comic book day book I ever picked up. Thanks. Um, it, it should have been a free comic book day book or title with as delayed as it was, but... Um, so, Star Wars number 25, Rebel Crew versus Scar Troopers for the fate of the Harbinger, plus an all-new R2-D2 adventure. That's that. Now, so. there's another character who would be hard to carry his own story, because uh, all he does is just bleep everything. Yeah, you need someone to translate for you. Yeah. He's the most censored <laughs> droid. Yeah. Oh, he just swears a lot. <laughs> Man, he's like a foul mouth droid. R2, Is your motherboard with that mouth? Come on. I'll shut your circuits. Not my mother, your mother. Damn, R2. Go what right. Oh man. <laughs> All right. Well, my second pick of the week is The Mighty Thor number 13, uh written by Jason Aaron, pencil by Steve Epting. Uh you can tell we like Jason Aaron's writing here on the show because we keep picking his his books time after time. Uh, kicking off a two-part story with guest artist Steve Epting, The War of the Realms Rages On. Now, the only way to beat Malekith is for the realms to join forces, and it's up to Thor to bring them together. Heroes from across the Ten Realms, including Lady Sif and Angela, that's a sore spot with me, uh, have united under Thor's command to form a new League of Realms with the sole mission of bringing this war to an end. And their first mission, infiltrate dark elf-occupied territory. 
territory. Hey, which Thor is this? I was reading Thor when it's we got rebooted again, and I kind of have not been reading it. This it's, this is the Jane Foster. This Thor. is still the Jane Foster yes. Thor. This is, is still. Now, yes. is the other one still unworthy? Did we ever find yes. out what he was whispered in his ear by Nick Fury? Can somebody no, tell me that? But he is getting he's getting his own title now. The unworthy Thor. He still's got the metal arm. He still got the metal arm, and it looks like he is tracking down the Mjolnir from the Ultimate. Oh, from the other universe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because didn't that Thor die in Secret Wars? I think, I think so. so. Yeah. But what 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 made him unworthy? When are we gonna find that out? It's been like two years. I don't know. Let's hope we find out in this. Yeah. Let, let, let's hope we can get Jason Aaron back on and see if he can give us a tease. You guys had Jason Aaron on. That's awesome. Yeah. Yes. It wasn't. It wasn't too awful long after um, he started. It was about the time that he got he got the gig to write Star Wars. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. You can find the you can find the show in the archives on WeebyGeeks.net and. St- Coming soon, mmg.weebygeekspc.com. Mighty Marvel Geeks is soon to have its own website. Um, my number two pick is Patsy Walker, a.k.a. Hellcat, number 12. Uh, writer is Kate Leith. Penciler is Brittany Williams, Brittany L. Williams. No cat puns here, I promise. Hellcat and Black Cat face off as our heroine and friends fight to save the city from catastrophe. They, oh, wait, I did it, didn't I? I cat pun. Yes. Dang it. You cat pun. Okay, okay, hear me out. Patsy puts Felicia's schemes on pause when she, <laughs> wait, I swear I could do this. Don't like pray. <laughs> so, the intern's having fun on this one, and they got paid less for it. <laughs> so, uh, final pick of the week. My final pick of the week is Guardians of the Galaxy number 14, uh, written by Brian Michael Bendis and penciled by Kevin McGuire. Spiders in space. A flashback from Flash Thompson's early days as a Guardian, co-starring Spider-Man. Will Venom endanger his new team to save his old friend? Find out why Spidey's one of the reasons Rocket hates Earth. Okay. Hmm. My final pick is written by Ryan North. Penciler is Erica Henderson. It's the unbeatable Squirrel Girl, number 14. Hey, there's no more Howard, so... <laughs> but I was picking this... Gotta as find I was a picking somewhere. Up. It's a fun book. I've, I read a couple of issues. I, 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 I've been digging yeah. Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Um, now, I, I do miss... <laughs> Had to work it in, but uh, I am going to miss Howard. But Scorgo is definitely Ryan North is is still got that same mindset as Chip Zdarsky had with with Howard the Duck. Uh, Squirrel Girl and Ant-Man is the team up you probably never thought you'd see. I'm having deja vu with this book. Um, um, I wonder why. Because it's being pushed back for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, although you thought about it for a bit, you probably would expect to see it at some point since they both hang out with tiny animals and are both superheroes. Honestly, I'm a little surprised it hasn't happened sooner. Anyway, besides squirrels, adorable, and ants, so tiny, so bitey, this issue includes wrestling and philosophy. I'm surprised <laughs> CM Punk's not attached to this one as well. Um, yes, finally, am I right? I pretend to say this is the number one best comic you can buy that features squirrels, ants, wrestling, and philosophy. I'm also prepped to say that this is the only comic you can buy that features these four things. But heck, we all have to change what we want to see in the world, right? The interns are great with these. Uh-huh. By the way, just a little FYI, uh, Jason Aaron joined us in episode, excuse me, we don't have episodes, we have issues. 
Uh, and that just applies to so many issues. <laughs> Issue number sixty-two from mm. March of twenty fifteen. So, yeah, that's when that's when he joined us. Yeah. Our, our issues are so bad. I've been authorized by Director Fury to use any means necessary to keep you on premises. If you attempt to leave right. or play any games, I will tase you and watch Super Nanny while you drool into the carpet. <laughs> That's how deep our issues go. Wow. Yeah. Also, like Super Nanny. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he's doing it just to annoy Tony. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, won't you, Eric, since I believe you have it for this week, the yep. Marvel Unlimited pick, which the is. Marvel Unlimited pick, and gentlemen, we do this every week. Uh, we also have a book club to where we do we we pull it from Marvel Unlimited, and we uh, do it at the beginning of the month, and we also discuss the book club selection from last month. Which for but this month, this is, is Uncanny Avengers number one. Oh, that it is. Well, for this week, because I love pulling out issues from Marvel Unlimited that have the first appearance of a character, and because we were talking uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and particularly the new director of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, I have chosen for this week Human Torch number four uh, from, uh, let's see, was it from spring of 1941? Wow. 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 Yes, that's we are old. going We wow. are going way that's back in the archives. Like, so that's the old Android yes, torch, right? the old Android torch. <laughs> this is... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, he's the robot for where he has like a suit of a fire. Yes, suit? yeah, yes, yeah. the one that's actually shown in Captain America: The First Avenger. Oh, nice. Yes, but uh, this is also the first issue where we see Jeff Mace, the Patriot. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, he, it's it's back in the days when they did a lot of different stories in one book. Mm-hmm. So there are like there are like uh, several Human Torch stories. There's a Submariner story. Uh, there's also, again, the Patriot story. Seeing so, this old uh, old art, like, because you, you know, you imagine if you got to see it now, you're going to see it on yellowed paper. It's uh, it's going to be slightly faded. Now to see yeah. this bright and restored and crisp yeah. in the app's got to be pretty cool. It is it, pretty cool. It, it's, it's a little disturbing because, you know, back then you still had all the half toning. Right. And, yeah. he, and even the paper then still kind of had a grayish tint to uh, yeah. it. Yep. It, was, it was true newsprint, you know. It was never... You never had a, a full white. So now you have pure whites, pure colors, pure blacks in this right on this bright LCD screen. Like, that's kind of cool. Like, that's a great preservation because it does need to be preserved. Yeah, because, I mean, even then, I mean, it was not printed on high-quality paper. Like you said, it's just plain newsprint. Yeah, right. And so, like I said, to put it, to see it in, in, in such bright tones, I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's garish. It's, well, it it's, would be, it's almost overwhelming. Like, it would be very bright like but this task imagine who had to go and scan all this in and restore it like what an incredible archival task and it's great that marvel has almost like everything like you could check this out right now on your phone a comic book from 1941 in perfect condition yeah i mean this is this is what i like to pull out and you could check it out on any mobile device yeah except your laptop Mm. yeah oh it's only on mobile devices the ipad's actually pretty perfect because it's almost the same size of a sheet of paper yeah and it's a great one to one, just uh, reproduction of it. Yeah, yeah. and so it, it's of fact, great that's the thing to go in. That has interrupted my comics reading more than anything. Yeah, is that my son <laughs> takes my iPad. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, but one thing that, that I really love is uh, is going <laughs> into the Unlimited and just pulling in like the old Marvel run of Star Wars. Yeah. Because when I was a kid, the uh, the local public library had the original Star Wars, the, the comic book adaptation of, of the first movie, and they had it bound into like an oversized hardbound. It was like almost like 11 by 17 size. Wow. I, if you looked at the at the library card where people had checked it out, you saw my name just like time after time <laughs> after time after time after time. I, I about one point just said, can I just have this? <laughs> <laughs> you guys, do you guys remember that moment when you were going to libraries and then you realized, hey, wait a minute, there's comic books here. And like I, all of a sudden, the I was like, that's cool. I'm just going to be in this section. And you knew where they were. You would go right to it. Uh, uh, they, were, they did some good after all. <laughs> that's the truth. Yeah, yeah. So, well, that's going to almost wrap it up. Any final thoughts from anyone? About Shield, about Cloak and Dagger, about Ghost Rider, about the picks of the week, or Marvel Unlimited, or Marvel in general. I think Ghost Rider should definitely have a Netflix show. I want to see more Ghost Rider, and I'm excited to see the second half of the season. Whether uh, how much more of Ghost Rider we're gonna get, because uh, it could drag out. But I feel like this storyline is coming to a close very soon. They just gotta get his uncle. I'm I'm okay if they drag it out to the holiday break. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. 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 At least give yeah. the story a natural break, and and that would be yeah. great. I I think. For me, it's just so exciting to see the vibrancy of what Marvel is doing, right? There's so much in the works. We're getting so much great content. And, you know, every time I think, yeah, maybe this one isn't going to do it. Sure enough, you know, they they really prove and they did it in the in the films recently, too. Right. I mean, people were not sure that Ant-Man was going to was going to be the story that people would grab onto. They didn't know the character. I thought it was terrific. Um, Doctor Strange, the same way people didn't think it was going to you know attract people uh it was too straight literally strange a character it, it hits it out of the park it you know is making piles of money left over right and it's good it's great content same thing with the tv stuff so i'm holding out hope that it's it just bizarre to me that the tv show that kind of started it all seems to be the weakest link it really is yeah yeah but yeah. but so far so good this season so i'm crossing my fingers i guess they they're doing really good at picking and pulling their colorful characters they really haven't had a miss step like they haven't made a bad movie yet if you think about yeah, it right. they made from like an okay movie to like an awesome movie they have not yeah, no green failed. lantern no and no green lantern <laughs> anywhere <it's> like... <laughs> that, that was not ryan reynolds fault that was bad scripting jeff what about you final thoughts well I don't, I, I don't know if this will ever happen or not, but I'm hoping maybe one of these days we'll get that. I'm hoping for a romantic moment with May and Coulson because there's just too many times that I see these two look into each other's eyes and just kind of gaze for a moment during a special ops when they're out together and the concern that Coulson always has, you know, yeah. and everything else that goes. I'm just waiting for that. I'm, and maybe it'll happen in the second half of the season. I don't know. Uh, I think hand, you're going to see it this year. I'll enhance your moment. Only if it happens while she's wearing that red bikini. Oh, <laughs> they hinted at it though. But you're right; they were hinting at it already between they them were. this season. Yeah, in the hey. in the prison, and they're trying to get back into the cafeteria to rescue Daisy. Uh huh. Yeah, and he's and he keeps going after. Well, what did you see? What did you see? You're asking this now? It's like, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. saw you. <laughs> yeah. And on top of oh, that, yeah, that, I did. I did love in the last episode during the prison the whole uh, Star Wars references. Oh yeah, yeah there were plenty of those. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yes. no doubt about it. Eric, final thoughts. But, uh, final thoughts. Uh, I still think we're gonna see uh, Jeff Mace in a Captain America type uniform yeah. with shield? the shield. Yeah, he's trying. He's trying too hard to be Steve Re- Rogers. He's trying to be the accepted like Steve Rogers was, and so I think that's gonna drive him to do it, even if it's just for like one publicity shot. And I think you're gonna see May and Colson hook up. Yahoo! Well, I'm gonna make my final thought slightly different and possibly fodder for the other shows, Diz Dads or DW60 or Jock and Nerd. I want to see Disney buy out the Universal theme park rights package. <laughs> oh, make their own rides? Change Future World. Ooh, ooh, ooh. To Stark, ooh. Ex- to Stark Expo. Oh. oh. We did this show. <laughs> Made that oh. exact argument. Eric, you and I have, have, have talked about this before. We, we have many times. Not to that extent. We, no. We've talked about Innoventions being yeah, Innoventions being Spark, that. Yeah. Stark yeah. Well, you, you can still make the land part of, the, you know, one of the pavilions of Stark Expo, the Living Seas, one of the pavilions of Stark Expo. We wouldn't be changing Soren to, like, Soren no, over no, no. Hell's Kitchen, are we? No. No. <laughs> still, still keeping some of those rides, but, like, Innoventions would be Stark's. The front of the park would be Stark. You're walking through Stark Expo and the Marvel feel to it, but still keeping the existing rides, the existing rides. Soaring over Asgard? That could be fun. That, that could, could be, be interesting. Fun. That could be very interesting. Yeah, you got to do something in the Imagination Pavilion anyway. You could do yeah. fun stuff with oh, crossing yeah, a rainbow bridge. Please. Oh, God. Imagination. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Well, no. During the Imagination, you retheme it to match Disney Kingdom's Figment or Figment 2. Thank <laughs> yes. you. Drop mic. There it is. Thank you. Don't drop mic. <laughs> you got to break Wait. it. Aw. You um, are the mic. You can't drop mic, mic. Mic drop. Mic. Um, <laughs> but, I mean... With that, you could still bring in a Tron feel and, and almost merge the whole concept of Flynn's Arcade into the Marvel Universe slightly, even though there is no connection. Uh, it could still fit that Stark Expo type theme. Um, and then you're creating that fictional World's Fair with the World's Fair of the World Showcase. Aren't they building a Guardians of the Galaxy uh, whole thing? They are doing an overlay of the Tower of Terror, Terror. at Disney Cal- California Adventure. Uh, well, rumor has it of a Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster at Epcot. Rumor. Yeah, so much. Replacing yeah. energy. Yeah. In the in the whole which, below- which just disappoints me because I've been I've been arguing for at least a year and a half now that what we really need is is a Guardians of the Galaxy retheme of Rock and Roller Coaster. Yeah, oh, I like I like that. Oh, I, I like do kind of like that. And like again, because you don't have to do a darn thing to the track. It's all no, different. you don't have to touch a track no. at all. No. And yeah. again, that requires Disney to just go ahead and pay the Universal theme park rights and buy it off. The only thing they'd have to pay for for Guardians would be the word Marvel. I mean, if, Which, they do, if they do Guardians, they can just do it. Right. But might as well go ahead and go full tilt and get everything else. That way you could do the other characters. Marvel characters, right, right. which is what people are expecting or sure. disappointed in because they're not having it here. It's I don't think it's a question of if. I think it's a question of when. I think right. it's eventually the, Universal is pretty much selling their soul to J.K. Rowling. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, no doubt about that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. because they know that Marvel is going to be souring the milk, so to speak, yeah. on 
that deal. And quite frankly, I think that's part of Universal's exit strategy to to emphasize Harry Potter to the point where they're not going to have to rely so much on Marvel to bring people into the park. Not to rely on it so much, but at the same time, Disney has found that loophole to where they have been able to bring in Marvel characters into the Disney parks. For instance, Doctor Strange right now over at Hollywood Studios for meeting greets. So there's an area of that contract that has a very gray area to it where Disney yeah. said, okay, we can bring Marvel in in some form or fashion. But Universal has already spent how much money on restoring and redoing uh, the Incredible Hulk there at Islands of Adventure? So there's, I, th- I think they're still going to d- dip some money into you know the whole Marvel angle that they have just so they can keep stuff. I, yeah. I just don't know if Disney's ready for it yet. Well, it, it, it's a it's a sort of a vicious cycle for Universal, right? Because they have to keep the rides up because yeah. one of the issues in the contract is that if they don't maintain the stuff, then Disney can take it back. Um, They have an obligation to keep it refreshed. But, you know, I I think that that really, ultimately, Universal being penned in is is what's going to eventually give Disney the chance to get those characters back because Universal can't bring in new content without getting rid of something, right? Right. And we've already seen that. That that they had to get rid of Jaws to make room for... for, uh, uh, Kong. Kong, yeah. Yeah. They got no more room? Yeah, no, they got nowhere to expand. Yeah, that's well, it. they're trying to they're trying to buy property, but the neighbors don't want to sell it to them. Oh wait, <laughs> the problem I'm seeing is they just redid the Hulk. I haven't heard any plans about them redoing Spider Man. Um, I don't know if they need to redo Spider Man. But Spider-Man got a spruce up about yeah. two years ago where yeah. they went and, and updated the, the projections to digital and cleaned up the sound. And That's right. Yep. And you guys but, know your theme parks. I didn't know, though, that they – so the even though Disney bought Marvel, they don't have the rights to make rides. That, that Marvel correct. sold that off to Universal a long time ago, right? Is that what well, happened? E- east of the Mississippi in the United States. Exactly. Oh, what? Wow. It's that specific? So yes, literally, yeah. Oh, so they could build out – so in Florida, Florida's off limits. Oh, wow. That's interesting. If, if right. California Which, of course, is where they the, have room. Yeah. Yeah. If California had the real estate in order to build something Marvel-like in yeah. grand fashion, trust me, Disney would do it in a heartbeat. What, what about – why don't they just go somewhere in the middle of the country where there's lots of land, lots of room, and just create their own mecca, make it a destination place? Place to pull people into the middle because nobody goes to any of those states. There's no reason to. Well, Disney has tried <laughs> a- to go down that alley before. <laughs> We're trying to build a theme park in the middle of the country. Yeah, and it's been shot down so many times. It's well, I don't the, know. I would. Yeah, no. Then there was I'm that one failed adventure in Virginia too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there there are rumors every few years about some chunk of land, usually in North Texas. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah. Disney has room to build the giant Star Wars land. Um, in the park that they are building Star Wars land, the Star Wars section here in Florida, they are kind of landlocked, and they wow. have they have been creatively negotiating with the county to uh, reclaim some wetland preserves to use for for said project because figure with with studio with Disney Studios it's a 25 acre makeover mm-hmm. um Toy Story Land alone is 11 acres. Star Wars, uh, for both California and Florida, is 14 acres each. Wow. Well, studios, Mm -hmm. in order for them to go 14 acres, 
Um, they have built a cast parking garage that is across the street from the entrance from the main drive, just to handle cast parking. Oh, because they're building into what used to be the cast parking lot. <laughs> I mean, I mean, and, and between gotta, swampy areas where they can't build and and wetland areas that they agreed to preserve. Ah, uh, they out of you're out of space there. You gotta somebody has to start somewhere else where. <laughs> Uh, well, you can have I, where where would it be where what would what would be the good place to do this Wait, what do you guys there is still plenty of land around Disney to buy Disney is okay. 44 square miles mm-hmm. 44.1 square miles wow uh, yeah. that was after the purchase of the land for Animal Kingdom and the surrounding area um, there has been rumored for 18 years <laughs> fifth gate <laughs> the fifth gate yeah yeah I can safely say 18 years because that's how long I've been with the company. Uh, soon to hit 19 years. And there's still always been rumored of a fifth gate. Uh, there was rumors as late as three or four years ago of a theme park that would be the reverse of the other theme parks. Third shift would be during the day with all right, the cleaning right. and all that. And the, the night park. And the park would be oh, overnight. Oh, cool. It would be oh. eight, essentially 18 and up. Disney's version of Las Vegas. This is what, you're, what, this is what it would be. <laughs> sort Vegas. of. Sort of. I, dude, I'd be down to check that out. You know, we, we've had this discussion uh, on our show a couple of times and, and, you know, the big kind of, you know, the, the the place where all the battles come is everybody says fifth gate, you know, it's it's like printing money. The problem is that the, for most people, the reality is that vacation is a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sure. so there's, there's a lot of thought that a fifth gate doesn't mean 20 percent more people served because, no. it, you know, we already see. Wait, what's that, fifth gate? Yeah. The, the, fifth the, gate is a fifth park. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry. Oh, oh a fifth, fifth park. whole other park. Uh, right. Yeah. 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 You can't build a whole other park because, you know, there's, people don't have 20% more time yeah. to spend. But, yeah. but the bonus I mean, to a fifth gate would be you would eliminate or maybe not eliminate. You would reduce some of the attendance stress. On the other parks. Well, that's the theory, but that was the theory when they built Animal Kingdom. <laughs> oh, yeah. The theory yeah. when, you know. And, no, I mean, and nobody stays there all day as it is. You know, they just jump ship as the afternoon um, gets there and they start and, piling up other spots. So. And as if Avatar is going to be that thing to help draw them in. Yeah. No. Sorry. Right. Bye-bye. Right. They, they would have been better off turning Avatar into Indoor or Kashyyyk. Wait, they're doing an Avatar land also now? Oh, yes. yeah. 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 It opens well, I mean, it looks... It looks fantastic. Oh, it's yeah. going to be gorgeous. Yeah. But it's not like it, it draws. Yeah. The science of this is very interesting because, like you guys said, it never occurred to me, like, yeah, you can design an awesome park, but how long are people going to stay there? How long can you keep them interested? What times of day is, you know, do you work events and things? Like, that's very interesting. And because the, the part that drives them crazy right now is that they get days when, you know, Magic Kingdom is overwhelmed and yeah. they're having trouble managing the capacity there. But meanwhile, yeah. Just across their own property, Nobody you know, there's there. plenty of capacity, but people aren't yeah. aren't using it because that's not where they want to be. They want to be in the Magic Kingdom. That's why there's variable pricing, but only for the Magic Kingdom. Right, hmm. right. At the moment, right. I mean that it's just that, that thing is so iconic. It's been around for so long. Like this will take time. You're not instantly right, right. going to make a new memorable iconic classic spot, especially not based off of a movie that well, there's one of and like that he's working on five more and everyone seems to have forgotten it. Like Avatar is so weird. It was so huge. It made so much money. I don't hear anybody like, there's no Avatar fan clubs, Avatar group. Like, I don't hear anybody talking about it. What happened? What happened to the Avatar? 
Well, James Cameron took way too long to yeah. make up his mind what he wanted to do yep. with Avatar 2 and 3 and 4. and how yeah, We're supposed to be at, like, Avatar 3 by now. At least. Yeah. At yeah. least 3. People but forget. I mean, actually, we're supposed to be on 4 by now. Gosh, it hasn't been that long. Good grief. I, yeah. I think what it is is the fact that, you know, D- Disney has decided with Star Wars to draw a lot of people away from the Magic Kingdom. They've decided to do Avatar with the Animal Kingdom. And, and so the thought of bringing in a Marvel type of area specifically as to what Islands of Adventure has right now could be done on a grander scale could be a fifth gate for the Disney Park but you know as we mentioned before there's too many red there's too much red tape between yeah, Universal right. and Disney yeah. you know they yeah. don't get along they don't play well together and this is a direct result now you can sell all the Marvel merchandise that you want to with the Disney name on the box mm. over at Islands of Adventure and you know, of course they're not going to have a problem with that Right. The very second that Disney starts gaining a little bit more than just merchandise sales is where Universal just blows up. Wow. You this know. is why at downtown, bro, well, sorry, at Disney Springs, <laughs> can you tell? I, that's right. I, I still call Disney Hollywood Studios MGM, so. Yeah, I, I do that sometimes, too. Um, at Disney Springs, you have the superhero shop or superhero headquarters, not Marvel superhero headquarters. Mm. Even so though that's all Marvel. Now, here's the other interesting part. Any of you guys know originally what Marvel Island was supposed to be before talks failed? No. Was this the whole store thing? No. No? I haven't got a clue. And it's laid out so perfectly. And one of the years they did Halloween Horror Nights at Marvel Island, I saw it perfectly. It was originally supposed to be Gotham City. Oh, jeez. Well. Oh, no. Wait, how do they have the right? Oh, I didn't know that. They were negotiating with, yeah, they got they got aced out by uh, Six Flags. Six Flags. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. Yes. Now that yep. you say that, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I get yeah, it. At the time yeah, they bought it, Marvel was in the tank. Yeah. Yes. And, and, yeah. Six Flags, and Six Flags was about to lose their WB license. license. Mm. So yeah. they, they were going to do this whole pitch. Now, let's talk about the two rides at Marvel Island that everyone forgets. Well, one, no one really cares about because it's a lame ride. And the other one, no one remembers it's there. How about uh, the Doom ride? Doctor Doom's Death Drop. Oh, oh there's yeah. a Doctor Doom ride. Wait, which is, oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Have which absolutely is, nothing to do with Doctor Doom. Yeah. It's a drop tower. It's not even a drop tower. It's not even a drop tower. You sit in it. It's a rocket you, lift yeah. tower. Yeah. Oh, okay. You, you sit in it. You wait for a countdown. It launches you up and then slowly brings you back down. Oh, that's Where, Where's the death drop in this? Of, no. Get yeah. rid of that. Yeah, exactly. So what else is at Marvel Island? I did not. Uh, I've not been to Disney in a year. Uh, well, you, it's got you, it's got two two outstanding rides. I, I will give it credit for that. Okay. I love the Hulk coaster. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and and it's got a, a Spider-Man simulator attraction that that is is very good. Really. Is it anything yeah. like the Universal ride, or it's a different thing? That is the Universal ride. No, no, that oh, is that's we're talking about. about oh, oh, okay. That this is in Universal. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This is at Islands. And of then Adventure. it's got the crappy Doom ride, and what's the other crappy ride? Is it teacups or is it like the old graviton? It, it's essentially the teacups. That's pretty much really? it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> For, and it's not for kids. I mean, it's not. For, oh, it's for kids. I mean, for little kids. Yeah, 
They just spin you around and blow up, uh, turn the fan on. But it, it's tucked Basically, in behind. It's, it's tucked in behind the Hulk in the Fantastic Four restaurant. No one people. It's a waiting area for those who don't want to go on the Hulk. That's basically <laughs> what it is. People go over there to sit and wait, and you don't even realize it's operating because you don't hear yeah. anything. Yeah. And the whole premise is that you're generating electricity for Storm to use against Magneto. Okay. How am I doing that? You, by, by by twisting spinning. and spinning around, you're like oh. creating a dynamo or something. You it's know? a really dumb way to create a, 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 a energy. Yeah. yeah, because you're using so much more energy to create the yeah, energy. To create yeah, that shape, and then you just throw it negative. Yeah. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. You're wrong. They don't. <laughs> yeah, right off the bat, they don't use any of the costumes for the Marvel characters from the Marvel movies. Oh, oh, they're, they're different. At, Islands of Adventure. Correct. They? Correct. They cannot. Wow. They cannot that, use that, those. That's that perfect. is. That is completely me. That is. So per- Captain America uses the comic book. Yeah, the comic book version. I, I think I think and it goes up through the 90s. So, oh, somewhere I've got the contract. This is really fascinating because I never thought about rights to amusement parks and character designs in such. Could this be why they have to, like why Marvel could not just give us this Spider-Man costume um, that's behind me? Like, the oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I'd say this. Yeah. You guys just cleared up a huge thing because I'm just like, what are you doing? <laughs> why don't you just make it like this? There's nothing wrong with this and i didn't think for a second that yeah. there's certain rights and certain character designs mm-hmm. that they just can't touch that's why a spider is so stupid and small it annoys me like it's this big why well, and, and it cuts both ways because some of it is they want to introduce the new costume because right. then they can use it yes and universal can't exactly yeah wow, so know, it's, it's both sides the politics that i didn't even think about but when you're designing characters like you and andy park like the guy who designs the costumes like all he's amazing the art, the concept's been amazing. But I always wondered, why don't you just do it like the comic book? What are you doing? And this way. <laughs> it makes sense. Yep. And I think oh. that's where Disney doesn't get the proper opportunity that they need to, to represent Marvel in the parks the way it should be and the way that the Marvel Universe is being represented right now, whether it be Netflix, whether it be ABC, whether it be the movies or the brand new characters that you're seeing in comics. Disney's not able to utilize that and implement it into their parks and that's why, you know, the whole contract comes into play. And that's why Universal just needs to go ahead and just say, hey, look, we've got some other ideas, whether we're going to expand Harry Potter or we're going to go a different route. Well, remember, it, they, have, they, have, they have rights to Pokemon now. Oh, oh good grief. The <laughs> Pikachu coaster, is that what we're seeing? Oh, well, wow. Okay, well, remember that, that they also have a whole comic island that they probably would love to bury and move on. Well, Kind of yes. Yeah, I mean the the, the characters that are that they're Wait, using there's a comic them. island and a Marvel island. Yeah, there's well, they're like comic strip. It's, it's the old 1930s almost. You know, oh wow! Strip characters wow. like Beetle yeah. Bailey and oh, who Hagar even the cares Horrible. about those characters anymore? And Popeye. That, that's the thing. I think in this generation of kids, having seen what Marvel's doing, if they now come to the park, it's got to look like cheap Marvel knockoffs in the rides to them. Uh, you know, 
just because of what they're used to, like they're like that's not what Spider-Man looks like. Well, I, that's not, you know. I don't even think the representation of the Marvel costumes that they use at Islands of Adventure do any justice whatsoever to what you look and see in the comics themselves. Ah, they yeah. look more 1970s, 1980ish. Mm-hmm. Back if yeah. you guys remember Captain America from back in the 1970s, rode around on the motorcycle, had the clear plastic uh, you know, yes. shield yes. on the front of it. Sounds like it's just dated. It needs to be refreshed. It is. I mean, it, they, so they look bad. like the costumes that, that people that you know my friends wore for for Halloween that's, costumes. That's yeah, right. exactly. Exactly. Now I did find um, the Marvel agreement between MCA Incorporated and Marvel Entertainment Group. And in Section 4, there is this thing about the characters. Well, I I found this one interesting. Uh, Section 4, which is exclusivity, um, one of the sections says, After such two-year period, MCA's exclusive rights will be subject to shrinkage or expansion as follows. If no action is taken by MCA, such as exclusivity, shall be limited as follows. East of the Mississippi... Anything park, any other theme park is limited to using characters not currently being used by MCA for a time such other license is granted. For the purpose of this subsection and, and subsection f- four, a character being used by MCA, if X it or another character of the same family, quote unquote, uh, example. Any member of the Fantastic Four, the Avengers, or villains associated with such hero being used is more than an incidental element of the attraction. It is presented as a costume character or is more than an incidental element of the theming of a retail store or food facility. And in and why, in addition, if the such character or other character from the same family is an element of the, any MCA marketing during the previous year, any character who is not or who is only used as a costume character will not be considered to be being used by MCA unless it appears as more than an incidental element in MCA's marketing. Well, that's not confusing. Using it all then. Oh, no. Okay, so you got to remember that M- MCA is universal. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's fascinating. Uh, yeah, I mean, n- nobody who signed this contract originally is yeah, is still party to the contract. Right. Huh. On right. Side. I mean, MCA doesn't exist anymore. Universal right. bought them, and then Universal has since been bought, and and you know Marvel is now wholly owned by Disney. Right. Yeah. Huh. And everybody is just stuck with the contract. And they're like, so, what do we do with this? Yeah. So basically, this contract is just sitting in a filing cabinet somewhere, just collecting dust. Yeah. Simply because of the words that are, is written on it. Is is what oh, it no, all no, boils down to. I guarantee you, it's not collecting dust. There, there, there's a lawyer on each side. A who has, way out. Who has this entire contract up on his wall, probably somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and, and going at it with a you know a, a highlighter, you know it's probably laminated so he can it's circle both, things. They're both looking for loopholes. I imagine. Exactly. What can we find that's over this? Looking week. for loopholes. Yeah. yeah. God, that's really great insight, you guys. Look, I gotta get going. I might. I gotta take my dog out. She's uh, <laughs> bugging me. But it has been a pleasure. So nice to meet you, Mike. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, I oh, have a lot my of pleasure. Time. Well, glad know, to have you. How about this? Let's uh, wrap this up, and uh, this could be a great roundtable discussion maybe next month to continue on just Marvel roundtable general Marvel roundtable 
uh, maybe right before the holidays. Yeah, because because we, we do have the non awards coming up as well. <laughs> is that like a no prize? Kind of like is. a no prize, but rephrase to avoid copyright infringement. <laughs> Those busy so, lawyers will come right after. <laughs> so again, you can find Imran at the Jock and Nerd Podcast. You can find Aaron at Diz Dad's Podcast. Find Jeff on Sorcerer Radio with DW60 and um, WDW After Dark and WDW After Dark. Uh, of course, you can find Eric with Sorcom Review and right here at Mighty Marvel Geeks. Uh, Kyler and WDW with, After Dark and w- WDW After Dark. Uh, we wish Kylan was here, but of course he has to go take the Gila, the Gila bus out for a joyride once again. It better not be involving Black Widow, because the last time he crashed it. Again? <laughs> yeah, but at least he hasn't touched Lola. Oh, sure. Throw that back in my face. Thank you. So, um, on that note, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, Jarvis, if you would, please. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope, just time to go dark. And the steak knives are yours free. Stand by for backstory.